Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Have you ever noticed that you tend to feel energized and drowsy around the same times every day? Well, if so, you have your circadian rhythm to thank. What is it, exactly? Your circadian rhythm is basically a 24-hour internal clock that is running in the background of your brain and cycles between sleepiness and alertness at regular intervals. It's also known as your sleep-wake cycle. Well, my entire life, I've always felt, known, and respected my circadian rhythm. Not because I knew what it was or that I gave any thought to it, but because I knew how I felt when I stayed out late, got up too early, ate meals right before bedtime, watched television minutes before attempting to go to sleep. In fact, five years ago, for some reason I can't remember right now, I ditched the alarm clock in my bedroom, and I now go to bed when I'm sleepy and get up just as the room begins to get lighter. I no longer know the exact time. You don't look at anything in the middle of the night to see what time it is, but somehow my body knows the exact time and I consistently arise within minutes of the same time each day. And I have to tell you, it is exhilarating to be clock-free, to live on a natural schedule. Well, the reason why I'm talking about this today is I randomly ran across a study that talked not only about circadian rhythm, but rather circadian medicine. A growing body of evidence now suggests that when we align our sleeping and eating habits with our circadian rhythms, we can stave off chronic diseases, reduce drug side effects, and even extend our lifespans and health spans. We spend almost half of our life right now fighting with chronic diseases. Most of these chronic diseases are not caused by pathogens, but mostly due to bad lifestyle choices that we make. And the answer isn't pharmaceuticals. In fact, for every person a drug helps in chronic disease management, it fails in 3 to 24 others that take it. And just as a side note, I talked about this on a previous episode called NNT, the three letters that stand for Numbers Needed to Treat. And you can find that episode at the website speakupandstayalive.com. Go to the archives page speakupandstayalive.com. Well, we need a completely new idea about what causes disease so that we can start a new revolution, finding new treatments and a new preventive strategy. The radical idea is circadian medicine. Now, according to the National Sleep Foundation, for most adults, 
the biggest dip in energy happens in the middle of the night, somewhere between 2 and 4 a.m., when you're usually fast asleep. And just after lunchtime, around 1 to 3 p.m., when you tend to crave a post-lunch nap. Now, those times can be different if you're naturally a what's called a night owl or a morning person, and you won't feel the dips and rises of your circadian rhythm as strongly if you're all caught up on your sleep. It's when you're sleep-deprived that you'll notice bigger swings of sleepiness and alertness. Now, a part of your hypothalamus, it's a portion of your brain, controls your circadian rhythm. Well, with that said, outside factors like lightness and darkness can also impact it. When it's dark at night, your eyes send a signal to the hypothalamus that it's time to feel tired. Your brain, in turn, sends signals to your body to release melatonin, which makes your body tired. That's why your circadian rhythm tends to coincide with the cycle of daytime and nighttime, and why it's so hard for shift workers to sleep during the day and stay awake at night. Your circadian rhythm works best when you have regular sleep habits, like going to bed at night and waking up in the morning around the same times from day to day, including weekends. That's where a lot of people get thrown off. Because when things get in the way, like jet lag, daylight savings time, oh, that's always a rough one, that sneaky little hour here and there, or a compelling sporting event on TV that keeps you up into the wee hours of the morning, these can disrupt your circadian rhythm, which makes you feel out of sorts, and it can make it harder to pay attention. Now, interestingly, your circadian rhythm will change, likely change, as you get older. And you may not have the same sleep and wake cycle as your partner, your child, or your parents. But the more you pay attention to your body and notice feelings of alertness and drowsiness, and the more time you spend developing good sleep hygiene habits, How's that? Good sleep hygiene. We don't think about hygiene when it comes to sleep. Good sleep hygiene habits, the better your sleep will be and the better you will feel. And I can't tell you how many people I meet, especially during my speaking events, who complain about their inability to sleep. This last month, I had nine speaking events in the month and everybody at every event was complaining about sleep. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. I'm not going to go into all of that. And there's lots of remedies out there. And the one I'm not going to talk about specifically today, but I do want to mention are essential oils because I've created a very effective sleep blend called Snooze. And if you're interested, you can order at the website. It's $12 at the website zappenzen.com. That's Z-A-P-N-Z-E-N.com, zappenzen.com. Well, now, According to an article in NPR titled How Messing with Our Body Clocks Can Raise Alarms with Health, written by Alison Aubrey, she says, studies show that if we mess with the body's natural sleep-wake cycle, say by working an overnight shift, taking a transatlantic flight, or staying up all night with a new baby or a puppy, we pay the price. Our blood pressure goes up, hunger hormones get thrown off, and blood sugar control goes south. Now, we can all recover from an occasional all-nighter, an episode of jet lag, or short-term disruptions. But over time, if living against the clock becomes a way of life, this may set the stage for weight gain and metabolic diseases such as type 2 diabetes. What happens is that you get a total desynchronization of the clocks within us, explains Fred Turek, a circadian scientist at Northwestern University. 
which may be underlying the chronic diseases we face in our society today. So consider what happens, for instance, if we eat late or in the middle of the night. The master clock, which is set by the light-dark cycle, is cueing all the other clocks in the body that it's night, and it's saying, time to rest. The clock in the brain is sending signals saying, do not eat, do not eat. But when we override this signal and we eat anyway, the clock in the pancreas, for instance, has to start releasing insulin to deal with the meal. And research suggests this late night munching may start to reset the clock in the organ of the pancreas. The result is competing time cues. The pancreas is listening to signals related to food intake, but that is out of sync with what the brain is telling it to do. So if we're sending signals to these organs at the wrong time of day, such as eating at the wrong time of day, we are upsetting the balance. And there's accumulating evidence that we may be more sensitive to these timing cues than scientists ever imagined. Consider the results of a weight loss study, which was published in 2013 in the International Journal of Obesity. Researchers found that the timing of meals can influence how much weight people lose. The finding that we had was that people who ate their main meal earlier in the day were much more successful at losing weight, says the study author Frank Shear, a Harvard neuroscientist who directs the medical chronobiology program at Brigham and Women's Hospital. In fact, early eaters lost 25% more weight than later eaters, a surprisingly large difference. Another study found that eating a big breakfast was more conducive to weight loss compared with a big dinner, adding to the evidence that the timing of meals is important. While beyond weight management, there's evidence that the clocks in our bodies and the timing of our sleeping, eating, and activities play multiple roles in helping us maintain good health, and different systems in the body are programmed to do different tasks at different times. For instance, doctors have long known that the time of day you take a drug can influence its potency. If you take a drug at one time of day, it might be much more toxic than another time of day. Part of this effect could be that the liver is better at detoxifying at certain times of day. Nearly 80% of FDA-approved drug targets may benefit if they're given at the right time and we can reduce adverse side effects. Similarly, the time of day patients receive a flu shot, schedule open-heart surgery, or get chemotherapy or radiation can all impact long-term outcomes, sometimes by as high as 20 to 25%. Now, I don't know exactly when these times are, and I assume they are different for each person, but that is why I'm fascinated with the idea of circadian medicine. And actually, this concept known as chronotherapy has existed for at least 60 years, but has received little attention from physicians. Now let's talk about breast cancer. The incidence of the disease is much higher in the developed world with four times as many cases in Western Europe as in Middle Africa and Eastern Asia. Now this suggests that aspects of a modern Western lifestyle may influence the onset and progression of breast cancer. And one possibility is a disruption to our internal body clocks known as circadian clocks. 
Now, indeed, there are links between altered circadian clock and metastatic colorectal cancer, osteosarcoma, pancreatic cancer, and most notably, breast cancer. The influence of altered circadian rhythm on breast cancer was first noted in the 1960s. Since then, it has become clear that circadian disruption interrupts the complex, multi-step molecular mechanisms underpinning breast cancer. And this suggests that manipulating those rhythms might be a remedial approach for treating cancer. This could, for example, lead to more efficient therapies, new strategies, and ultimately improved breast cancer outcome. Now, with that in mind, let's stop for a moment, and I want you to listen to a, just a short part of a conversation with Dr. Helmut Zarbel from Environmental Health Chat, part of the National Institutes of Health, an agency of the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Dr. Helmut Zarbel is a professor of toxicology and environmental health and directs the NIEHS funded Center for Environmental Exposures and Disease at Rutgers University. His research has led to important discoveries about how long-term disruption of circadian rhythm may increase the risk of breast cancer. Circadian rhythm is basically your biological clock. It determines a lot of biological functions like when you sleep, when you're hungry, your body temperature, and many functions throughout the day including your hormone levels, blood pressure, etc. So it's a very fundamental part of the body that allows the body to coordinate its responses to the environment. If you're a policeman or a fireman or a healthcare worker that often has to work the night shift, and particularly if you rotate back and forth between day shift and night shift, you have chronic effects on your biological clock. So not only is your clock disrupted, but all of the biological functions that it controls are now disrupted. And in fact, the International Agency for Cancer Research have concluded that shift work is a probable human carcinogen. That means that if you do chronic shift work, you are actually at higher risk of developing certain types of cancers. And there have been several large epidemiological studies that have shown that people who work shift work for many years have increased rates of certain types of cancer, including breast cancer, prostate cancer, and endometriosis. During the day, as a, as a result of exposure to environmental chemicals, various stressors, oxidative stress, your DNA is continuously damaged, and so there are a series of genes that's, uh, whose proteins scan up and down the DNA, find this damage, and remove it to prevent mutations that can then lead to disease and cancer. So when you disrupt your circadian rhythm, the DNA repair enzymes that normally go up to very high levels at night while you're sleeping, your DNA is being repaired, that no longer happens. So you're having a double effect in the breast cells. They're not able to re repair their damage as well and they're also not responding to normal growth signals coming from hormones, both of which we think are, are promoting breast cancer. Our society in general is sleeping less and less. Something called light pollution, the amount of light that is on late at night continues to increase, and it's blue light that is the main culprit for disrupting your circadian rhythm. And so by looking at our phones and other computer screens or, or television late at night, that actually interferes with our quality of sleep. Wow. As Dr. Zarbel just said, the blue light found on smartphones, computers, and such suppresses the secretion of melatonin, a hormone that influences circadian rhythms. And there's some experimental evidence that lower melatonin levels might explain the association with cancer. A Harvard study shed a little bit of light on the possible connection to diabetes and possible obesity. The researchers put 10 people on a schedule that gradually shifted the timing of their circadian rhythms. 
their blood sugar levels increased, throwing them into a pre-diabetic state, and levels of leptin, a hormone that leaves people feeling full after a meal, went down. Now, even dim light can interfere with a person's circadian rhythm and melatonin secretion. A mere eight lux, a level of brightness exceeded by most table lamps, and just about twice that of a nightlight, has an effect. Light at night is part of the reason so many people don't get enough sleep, and researchers have linked short sleep to increased risk for depression, as well as diabetes and cardiovascular problems. That's why you don't want to turn bright lights on in the middle of the night, say if you have to go to the bathroom, but then the exception to that might be if you are at a risk for falling, and then you do need lights, so you have to outweigh the risk factors. But generally, if you can be guided to the bathroom by a softer light rather than blaring ceiling lights, you may be able to go back to sleep quicker. Let's talk just a bit about the effects of blue light and sleep. While light of any kind can suppress the secretion of melatonin, blue light at night does so more powerfully. Harvard researchers and their colleagues conducted an experiment comparing the effects of six and a half hours of exposure to blue light to exposure to green light of the same brightness. The blue light suppressed melatonin for about twice as long as the green light and shifted circadian rhythms by twice as much, three hours versus an hour and a half. Another study of blue light Researchers at the University of Toronto compared the melatonin levels of people exposed to bright indoor light who were wearing blue light blocking goggles to people exposed to regular dim light without wearing goggles. The fact that the levels of the hormone were about the same in the two groups strengthens the hypothesis that blue light is a potent suppressor of melatonin. It also suggests that shift workers and night owls could perhaps protect themselves if they wore eyewear that blocks blue light. Inexpensive sunglasses with orange-tinted lenses block blue light, but they also block other colors, so they're really not suitable for use indoors at night. But there are plenty of glasses out there that block out only blue light. What about LED blue light exposure? If blue light has the adverse health effects, then environmental concerns and the quest for energy-efficient lighting could be at odds with personal health. And I've talked about this before. Those little curly Q compact fluorescent light bulbs and LED lights are more energy-efficient than the old-fashioned incandescent light bulbs we grew up with, but they also tend to produce more blue light. And one of the shows I did... Let's see, I don't remember when that was exactly, but it talked about the mercury involved in those lights should you break one. So again, you can find that. I think it's called Death by Light Bulb. <laughs> Good name for a show. Death by Light Bulb. It's one of the episodes at Speak Up and Stay Alive. Now, LED lights are more efficient than fluorescent lights, but they also produce a fair amount of light in the blue spectrum. Ordinary incandescent lights also produce some blue light, although less than most fluorescent light bulbs. So grab some of the old timey bulbs, right? So how can you protect yourself from blue light at night? Well, stay away from it, uh, that's obvious. Or you can use dim red lights for night lights. Red light has the least power to shift circadian rhythm and suppress melatonin. That's a good hint. Avoid looking at bright screens about two to three hours before bed. 
so shut down those computers and phones. If you work a night shift or use a lot of electronic devices at night, well then consider wearing blue blocking glasses, or I think they might even have like a little screen you can put on top of your computer that blocks the blue-green wavelength at night. Be sure to expose yourself to lots of bright light during the day, which will boost your ability to sleep at night, as well as boost your mood and alertness during daylight. And here's a simple tip that I talk about regularly. Clean out your bedroom. Make it a technology-free sanctuary. Get rid of all electronics, appliances, anything that plugs in. Heck, even ditch anything metal that can act as an antenna for radio frequencies. <laughs> and for heaven's sake, please don't sleep with your phone. Now, as with all things, Big Pharma is cashing in on circadian medicine whipping up some wondrous and expensive circadian rhythm drugs instead of respecting it as a natural cycle. Now, for some reason, I get a strange magazine delivered to my home that I did not subscribe to, and it's called Wired. And a recent issue had an article titled, Drugs That Boost Our Circadian Rhythms Could Save Our Lives. And in it they say, and I quote, Lots of things can throw your clock out of whack, consuming calories at all hours of the day, binge-watching Netflix on a blue-tinged screen at 3 a.m., even just getting older. And when your internal timekeeper starts ticking off beat, lots of other things start to go wrong, from depression and other mood disorders to metabolic malfunctions and heart disease. Which is why one of the newest ideas in the emerging field of circadian medicine, drumroll please, is to create drugs that actually amplify the cadence of our internal timers. The scientists leading this charge think such clock-enhancing molecules could help astronauts in the future stay on Earth time even as they're up in orbit or en route to Mars. <laughs> oh my. Well, this makes me think of a television ad. Perhaps you've seen it too. In a spot that has aired on TV more than 12,000 times, I think I might have seen it that many times, a blind woman embraces her daughter at the threshold of her elegant home. A male narrator urges the audience to talk to a doctor about symptoms and provides a phone number and a website run by Vanda Pharmaceutical, offering resources about this disorder. And they say, don't let non-24 get in the way of your pursuit of happiness. The woman implores her audience in the ad's closing moments. Vanda Pharmaceuticals has bought more than 29 million worth of airtime in the past two years for a TV ad blitz aiming at raising awareness of a rare sleep disorder for which Vanda Pharmaceutical makes the only approved drug. The ad campaign ranks in the top 50 most expensive TV promotions for prescription drugs over the past two years, according to the media research firm iSpot.tv. It's part of a surge in ads meant to raise awareness of conditions that affect small patient populations and the pricey drugs that treat them. Vanda's drug, sold as Hetlios, and I'm not sure if that's the way you pronounce it, costs $148,000 a year, 76% more than when it was first introduced in 2014, according to the research firm Truven Health Analytics. Fewer than 1,000 patients in the United States take the drug, which is aimed at completely blind people with this disorder. Now, non-24 sleep-wake disorder, often called non-24, is a circadian rhythm disorder in which the body clock is out of sync with the 24-hour cycle of night and day. And I 
I never thought of this, but if you had low vision or if you were blind, yeah, how would your body know if it was daytime or nighttime? That's just fascinating as well, something to think about. And I just thought, though, that I'd mention this particular drug ad because this drug has netted the company more than $73 million in revenue, and that's probably an old number. And they continue to work to get it approved in more indications like jet lag. And this is interesting, but just this August, their quest to get it approved has hit a snag for jet lag. The drug maker received a complete response letter from the FDA taking issue with the way the Vanda Pharmaceutical Company demonstrated improved sleep in a small study of people who flew from the United States to the United Kingdom. They just tested 25 people. Now, in the letter, the FDA said that these measures demonstrating improved sleep are unclear clinical significance. So there you have it. This company is trying to rush to market with faulty studies just to cash in. Well, back to my pharmaceuticals in general. To facilitate healthcare decisions and clinical research, physicians, scientists, patients, insurers, hospitals, and other entities find it helpful to list drugs into classification systems. Now, the proposed sleep and circadian rhythm disorders category would comprise four pharmacologic classes. They're going to consist of sedative hypnotics, stimulants, chronobiotics, and a classification called other. Who knows what that is? Each proposed class has a unique therapeutic effect. Now, that first class, which is not first class, sedative hypnotics. That consists of drugs that are sedating and, as such, provide symptomatic treatment of insomnia by inducing and or maintaining sleep. Well, the safety and the efficacy of these drugs vary. Drug types to be considered under this category include benzodiazepines, a type of medication known as tranquilizers. Familiar names include Valium and Xanax. The second class, stimulants, primarily increases wakefulness and alertness. As such, they are effective in symptomatically treating a variety of disorders of excessive sleepiness. Like hypnotics, stimulants have a safety and efficacy profile that depends on the dose, the half-light, and the rate of metabolism. Commonly used stimulants to control excessive sleepiness-related symptoms include amphetamines and amphetamine-like compounds, which are highly addictive drugs that stimulate the central nervous system. So I ask, do we really want to depend on sedative hypnotics and stimulants, amphetamines to treat what many of us can solve by using common sense? Now, sure, I know certain people may need to use some of these pharmaceutical choices, but for sure they shouldn't be a first-line choice. Anyway, just keep an eye out because I'm guessing we will see more mention of circadian disruption because it's a new pharmaceutical revenue source. Well, after today's conversation, I hope you understand the importance of a natural circadian rhythm. Follow some sensible lifestyle efforts. Treat it with respect, and your clock just may keep ticking a whole lot longer. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the host of Mrs. Green's World, and I would really love for you to become a part of that world. 
We talk about things like the faceless villain of climate change, our compromised food supply, and about how to become a conscious consumer. But it's not all bad news. We educate, we inspire, we engage. We always leave you with some small steps you can take to make a difference for this great planet of ours and help you live the healthy life you deserve. Please visit MrsGreensWorld.com to learn more and become a part of our world. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about and plenty to share with others. And to do so, simply head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com, where you can listen to today's show again and hear previous episodes all under the Radio Archives button. And while you're there, visit the shop page to get a copy of the life-saving book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Your Hospital Survival Guide. And if you just need more of me, invite me to speak to your group, club, church, business, or hospital. My presentations are fun, fast-paced, informative, and life-saving. Visit speakupandstayalive.com for more information. Email me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or call me and leave a message on the radio studio line 440-725-5462. That is 440-725-5462. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo and I am the voice for informed choice.